Good afternoon. Welcome to Cone and Kruger. That's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cone. The 49ers are 2-0, and Nick Bosa isn't even in football shape yet. He's just doing cardio out there on the field, getting his getting his stamina up. How you doing? Good, man. Feeling good. Niners are 2-0. Um, they escaped without any major, major uh, injuries, which, you know, in the early part of the year, that's a big part of it as well. Yes. So everything's everything's good, but week one, they really had a statement win over the Steelers, made them look bad. Week two, the Rams came out of that game feeling great about themselves, whether they're right or not. They feel like, hey, you know, we played, we went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. We're on the upswing. And I don't know if that's true, but I think we did see some potential concerns with the Niners, particularly on defense, particularly in the first half. Ambry Thomas can't play for this team. I don't know why they keep going back to him, but when they when they eventually bench him mid-game, which they've done two games in a row, they go to Isaiah Oliver in the slot. He had some big plays, but he's been benched for a reason. And then today, the Niners worked out. Bradley Roby, what do you know about him? He's been around. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, I know a lot about him. I mean, he he's a he's a really feisty, competitive, quick footed, loose hips uh, slot corner. Yeah, he's a nickel corner. You know, he's a first round pick. Um, you know, he's a great athlete. He ran, you know, in the four threes coming out, played at Ohio State, um, right, played for, sure. for Denver, won a Super Bowl yep. with Denver. Um, then right. floated to Houston and New Orleans. I think the Saints cut him in August. He's now 31. Um, you know, good, decent size, you know, about 5'11, maybe six feet, right around shade under six feet, but 195 pounds, you know, 10 and a quarter inch hands, big hands. Um, you know, three-star guy, a uh, high school guy out of Georgia. You know, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's got a lot of experience in off-man coverage. Uh, he's a good blitzer. Um, he's a good kick blocker. He's got excellent. He's always had excellent ball production, man. And this guy's always around the ball. He's got great balance, great feet, very confident, very competitive. Very, he's scheme versatile. So, you know, you want to play zone, he can play zone. You want to play off man, he can play off man. You want to play bump and run, he can play bump and run. Uh, he's got, he's a quick twitch guy. He's not the athlete. He's obviously not, you know, 25 anymore. He's 31. There were some character concerns about him along the way. He had a couple different uh, character issues along the way, but this guy can play football. There's no question. He's got ball skills. He's very, to me, if I could use two words to describe him, he's a tenacious feisty, you know, corner. So I, I I would, you know, with experience. So unless he's been hurt and he's lost a lot of speed, I'd be very interested. Yeah. Uh, interesting. He's 31, probably a little bit past. I mean, obviously past his prime. I think this is whether they sign him or not. This is an admission from the Niners that this is their weak point on defense. You don't have to be a genius to figure out this is the weak point on defense, but the third cornerback, whether he's outside or inside Isaiah Oliver, Oliver, they don't have, they don't have much, confidence in any corner outside of Lenore and Ward. So Bradley Roby, I don't know if he's a solution, but they're going to have to work this out uh, because they're going to go against teams with better wide receivers in the Rams. And they're eventually going to have this guy, whoever that number three cornerback is tested. Maybe Bradley Roby's the best they can do. Maybe they got rid of Deshaun Jameson. That was a mistake. I wanted to say that that was a big mistake. I was just looking him up. He could, what they could, they could have had him on the outside and Lenore in the slot. That's what they should have, but he's gone. They chose, you know, Matt Pryor and Jalen Moore. They probably should have gone with one backup offensive tackle. They didn't know which one they wanted to go with, or maybe they made Pryor or his agent some kind of a promise. But I don't know. I mean, that, they tried to squeeze Deshaun Jameson through waivers onto the practice squad, and the Cardinals, you know, who are in their division, are hawking them, and um, and they grabbed Dale Manning, and um, and and then. Um, uh, I should say they didn't grab today. They grabbed grabbed Quantrez Knight, but yeah. uh, they they uh, Carolina grabbed Deshaun Jameson. So now he's in Carolina, and that was a, that was a real mistake because anytime you have guys that can play corner in the NFL, you keep them on your roster and you figure it out. And for them to take four backup offensive linemen, including two backup tackles that aren't that great. Uh, that was disappointing, and and it cost them Jamison. And now they're here. We are. We're two weeks into the season, and they're you know they. I'm sure they'd love to have him back.
you were there at every day of training camp with me. We watched Ambry Thomas and we watched Deshaun Jameson. Who was better? I thought Jameson was clearly better. Clearly. Um, but Ambry, Ambry is got, you know, here's the thing. I, you know, James, you got to remember this. I think uh, Adam P there's egos and there's, there's, in, there's stuff involved here. From what I had heard, uh, Adam Peters had pounded the table loudly for Ambry Thomas. So maybe Ambry Thomas is his guy and to cut Ambry Thomas at the, at the cut down, maybe there would be some, you know, some of the bloom would be off the rose of Adam Peters. Uh, you know how they think about Adam Peters. I don't know. Maybe they did it to protect Peters. Maybe they did it because they think Thomas is better. But Thomas is is um, inconsistent. He's not better. I don't think he was terrible yesterday. But Puka Nakua, you know, all those little stop routes in the first half, those were all against Ambry. But I, the fact that Ambry was their number three cornerback to start the season, that he was literally on the field to start the year in nickel in their nickel packages, first two games. That's egregious. I sh- if that's their, who they think their third best corner is was then Jameson should have still been on the team because he could have been playing. Yeah. They need him now. You could argue they needed him the last two weeks. They won. But yeah, I wonder if that's going to come back to bite him because core it's so hard to find corners who can play well as opposed yes. to D linemen. D linemen, they're important and they're valuable, but they're they're kind of a dime a dozen, especially on this team with this D line coach. They have no problem finding D Especially if you got a young guy doesn't cost you anything, and Deshaun Jameson doesn't cost you anything. Plus, I mean, it was it was it was not smart because not only is Deshaun Jameson a good corner, not only could he play outside and inside in the slot, he's also an accomplished return man. So you also got rid of a a, a really, I mean, and you and you saw it in the preseason. It wasn't like ah, well, we never saw that. We saw that. In the preseason, you could see, hey, wow, look at this guy. This guy's not just a return man. This guy's like kind of an experienced veteran, calm return man. Um, but they obviously have other returners, and so they didn't feel the urgency there. But, yeah, that was a gaffe, man. I mean, you should have picked between Jalen Moore and Matt Pryor. Neither of those guys is particularly good. They feared that with the death, with the you know the dearth of offensive linemen around the league, that one of those guys would have gotten picked up. But so be it. Matt Pryor's out of shape. Uh, you can find Matt Pryor's on the on the on the street. Uh, you can't find a corner on the street. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, look, the Niners just lost Quantrez Knight to the Cardinals. Uh, he's yeah. been on the practice squad for about a year and a half. He went to UCLA. I like him. Everyone calls too. him Q. He's got a lot of personality, and I think he's a good player. Now he's on the fifty-three man roster with the Cardinals. Before they got signed, I was doing a show with Ryan Hensley, and we were both saying, like, geez, you know, be nice if they called up Quantrez Knight because I don't have a lot of confidence in Isaiah Oller, and boom, he's gone. This feels like another missed opportunity. Like, he should have been on the team. You could argue in camp that he was better than Isaiah Oliver. I I thought he was. I thought he was. And also, he's versatile. He can play free safety. He can play slot corner. He can play outside corner. Um, I I was shocked when they promoted Trey Swilling. Uh, to the roster this yeah. last week instead of Quantrez. Yeah. I uh, thought that was very surprising. So, you know, they looked pretty, they looked really deep in training camp on the corner, like really deep. Yeah. Like, hey, they got seven or eight guys, and now they've lost a couple of those guys. So, uh, you know, this is going to be, this might be the area to watch for this year. Or maybe, you know, maybe they have a belief, Grant, that Darrell Luter Jr. He's going to come off that pup list in a few weeks and he's going to be really, really special. I mean, he is kind of their one ace in the hole. Not every team has a big, long arm, big bodied, you know, starting caliber corner on the pup list. They do. So maybe that impacted their thinking on this. Perhaps they have him and they have Sam Womack. The thing about Luter is it's, it's sort of asking a lot for a rookie fifth round pick or whatever he was who missed all of training camp to step on the field and contribute on a team that's supposed to be going to the Super Bowl. They may not put him in that position. They're a little stodgy and conservative with rookies. The, Womack I'm interested in. He's on IR. He What did he injure his knee? Do yeah. you remember? Anyway, yeah. he'll be back probably in a couple of months. Can they, Can they? I mean, if they keep winning, they'll, they'll be fine. But eventually he might be the option to put out there instead of Ambry Thomas. Well, I mean, I like Womack a lot. I think I think Womack's a starting caliber player, but um, was it a knee? I forget what it was. Um, but he is he, you know, he's on the 
the IR and probably they're thinking not going to be back. Um, yeah, he's got an MCL injury, but he's not going to need surgery. So it's an MCL sprain of some kind, but he's not going to need surgery. They think he's going to be gone probably six weeks, maybe as as many as eight weeks. But I mean, I, I, I like Womack a lot. And they also have Shamar Jean Charles, who they picked up from Green Bay. I think mm-hmm. he's still on their practice squad, so they do have another guy there. I don't understand why the Niners give away these corners. They gave away DJ Reed a few years ago. Now he's oh. one of the better corners in the league, and they keep doing it. It's a really hard position to find, and, and it's really one of their weaker spots. And, you know, it's funny. Yeah. and it, You know, if the Jets wind up being this nightmare team that they appear to be, DJ Reed might be a perfect target for them to trade for, you know, in um, at the end of October, you know, when they get down to the trade deadline, um, you know, a fourth round pick for DJ Reed probably makes sense or, you know, something like that um, for D maybe a third for DJ Reed. Cause he's really solid and he's, he's he feisty. He's aggressive. He can play three, four spots. He's got a little bit of the Jimmy Ward in him too, in that he's, he's one of those tone setting guys. I, that being said, I'm starting to really, 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 really like Diamador Lenore. I feel like they should just leave him alone on the outside, stop moving him around. Because when he plays outside corner, it seems like he makes plays. He, he I, I thought he, I thought he had the best coverage all day in the second half yeah. on Nakua, on the ball where he cut, undercut the route. Yeah, I mean Lenore plays leave with him alone on the outside. Confidence. Get a nickel. Leave him alone on the outside. Just get a freaking nickel who can compete with Isaiah Oliver. It should have been Jimmy Ward. They could have afforded him. They have $41 million in cap space now. I they know. should have brought back Jimmy Ward. That was such a mistake. That was. But, you know, you know, Houston's another team. They're thinking long-term. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're not thinking short-term. If you really get into a pinch, you probably could trade for Jimmy Ward. And ah, they may. That would be they really may. funny. Please do. Joey Mellons says, Grant, world-famous Hot Boys is the most consistent fried chicken sando place I found in Oakland. I don't think it's the best, though. Where do I find a good chicken sando? Oh. Uh, Cowbird, made by the same dude who has uh, uh the barbecue place. What's the barbecue place in Oakland that I forgot? That's in West Oakland. Horn oh. Barbecue. Horn Barbecue, which is just the best barbecue in probably the West Coast. He made a fried chicken spot. They make regular fried chicken sandwiches, hot fried chicken sandwiches, like the Nashville style. And they also make one with like honey, mm. which I haven't had yet. But that seems to be a popular one. So. Shout out to them. Jay Garza, member for 21 months. That's a long time. Thank you, Jay. Jay Garza, the obvious roster mistakes before and after the draft, before and after cuts are piling up. Hope it doesn't burn this win-now team. I know, like, we keep talking about issues they have and mistakes they've made, and yet, what if they won, like, 12 regular season games in a row? Is it 12? I think it's 12. Yeah. It's 12. It's remarkable. They're playing playing really well. I mean, they're... They're uh, they're finding a way to win games. They're finding a way to win yes. games, and it's not you can't say, well, they just played this team, no, because they they beat they beat Dallas in the playoffs, they beat Seattle in the playoffs for a third time in one year. Um, who knows what what would have happened in Philly? But yeah, outside of the Philly game, they've beaten everybody. They they're one of the better teams in pro football. There's no doubt in my mind. No doubt, it? no yeah. no doubt. So Brock Purdy had an interesting game, offense put up 30 points. He had a touchdown pass called back because it was slightly backwards. Um, Didn't turn the ball over. Stafford turned it over twice. But the plays that stuck out for Purdy, right or wrong, were the three missed deep ones. Maybe because people just like to nitpick or maybe because we haven't really seen that part of his game show up yet consistently. So given everything that happened, how was your greatest performance? And explain your rubric. Yeah, I mean, okay, so he overthrew Ayuk in the first half on a second and nine slant and go, um, and he badly overthrew him. Like he overthrew him by three Five steps. Yards. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. it was three four steps. He was not close. He could never make a play on the ball. That was bad. Mm. The one to Debo um, was so deep, and he and he out he overthrew him. I mean, low. he overthrew it, it by low. two two three yeah. yards, and maybe the trajectory was a little flat. Yeah. So th- that wasn't good. Then he overthrew Juwan. Um, I can't remember the exact sequence, but it was in the second half. Not sure that that would have been a touchdown, but it would have been a big play. The other yeah. two probably should have been touchdowns. So he had been at least three overthrows that could have all been touchdowns, really. Um, and that would have made this an unbelievable day. 
Yeah. He still completed. I mean, he was 17 of 25. So that's 68%. Grant, it's remarkable. Nice. It's remarkable how consistent this guy is. He was 67% at Iowa State. I think mm-hmm. he was like 67% last year. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what he is. He's about a 67, 68% completion guy. And it seems like there's no, 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 uh, you know, without fail, he completes 68%. So he was 17 to 25, 206 yards. He took the one sack. He had three runs. He had the one quarterback sneak for the touchdown. Uh, no turnovers. He had five different receivers. I would give him a B minus. Why? Because six for six on that first drive. Okay. So like to me, how you set the tone at the beginning of the game matters. He came out sharp, six for six on the first drive. They come, they go down the field, they score a touchdown, they give their defense uh, an advantage. Then he also engineered a seven play, 75 yard touchdown drive at the end of the second quarter in like a minute 30 or minute 40, whatever that was. So that was really good. And then no turnovers. I mean, if he had, if he had hit those three long balls that we're talking about, then he's 20 of 25, and you're yeah. talking about a guy who's completed well over 70% with of his touchdowns. passes he's with maybe three touchdowns yeah. and, you know, a fourth, you know, a rushing touchdown. And you know, so, so, I mean, I would say a B minus it, it, it was, yeah. it was not, I mean, you heard him in the post game and it's like he, he himself was critical. Yeah. So it's like, it's not like, Hey, you know, if people are critical of Purdy, they're crazy. Purdy was critical of Purdy, but, yeah. um, but still 68%, no turnovers, got yeah. them into, into and out of a lot of good plays at the line of scrimmage. Um, never really wilted in the face of pressure, never turned it over. Um, you know, I, I thought overall it wasn't his best performance. It was one of his worst performances, but I would still give it a B minus cause they got a win on the road and they put a, and here's the other thing at the end of the day, his bad performance where he missed three touchdowns, maybe also still resulted in them putting up 30. It's a lot of points, yeah. man. I mean, you know, that's the part that I have a hard time getting beyond is that, wow. I mean, look at this, this guy's nine and no outside of the NFC championship game to lost to Philly where he didn't finish the Niners score 30 a game. Their point differential in those nine games is like plus one fifty or something. I mean, it's really fat. Um, and you know, since week fourteen of last year, I mean, we're talking about the number one rated passer in the league, the number one uh, touchdown passer in the league, second in the league in yards per attempt. But just in this game, I'd say B minus, B minus because of the three missed throws. I gave him a B. But you're much more of a negative person than me, and you're really tough. You're a lot tougher on Purdy than me. What I think of as interesting about this uh, grade is it's all about these three misses. And right. you, f- you figure if he had just hit one of them, let's say he hit the one Debo down the middle for a touchdown, his grade would have been an A, right? I think it would have. So that to me shows how big the this part of the game is. If he could just hit one of these. All of a sudden, his he goes to a whole different grading tier. If he can't, then he's always going to be, what'd you call him in the offseason? Like, you know he's a seven. He'll be stuck as a seven on a really good team who's cheap. You're getting paid to be a two, and he's a seven. But if he can hit that throw, you don't even have to hit all three of them. Hit one of them. And all of a sudden, you might be the offensive player of the week. You could be a pro bowler. Like, I think it's important, but I also think it's attainable. You don't have to hit all three. You don't even have to hit two of them. Just hit one. I, I also think that we're, you know, we're also overlooking that he threw a flat dime for a touchdown to Debo and Darion Kendrick face guarded him and got a PI that was in mm-hmm. Debo's hands in the corner of the end zone. That was an absolute dime and Ken, Kendrick face guarded him. So they got first and goal at the one and eventually he scored yeah. on the quarterback sneak. But that yeah. was a pass that he put right nice on Debo, right That's on beautiful. Debo. And he didn't have any throw that was like almost intercepted or could have been intercepted. Like he was much more, he's better than Stafford in that regard. Now the first interception that Stafford had was not his fault, but I always feel with Stafford, once things start to go bad, once he throws one pick, the second one's coming, he kind of has this like, all right, screw it attitude. 
that maybe like Philip Rivers used to have. Like, I'm going to go down swinging. I'm not just going to check down my way to the end. Stafford's a gunslinger, a man. Stafford's a gu- Stafford's a great player, but he has 171 career picks. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. I mean, and a lot of had 20 too. interceptions in a season. He's had over 15 in a season, like five times. So I mean, he 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 throws picks. He takes chances. He's a gunslinger. I, I love Stafford though, and I'm my only question coming out of this game is if you're the Rams. Because I think the Rams are kind of real on some fronts, right? If you're the Rams, do you pivot away from potential contention and try to trade Stafford and Aaron Donald and see if you can get up in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes and solidify your your franchise and your ticket sales and your you know going forward with Caleb in L.A. Because if they could, I mean, you know how popular SC is in L.A. If no. if, if the Rams could get Caleb Williams. It would be good for the Rams. It would be good for the league. Um, and it would be great for sustaining care. their franchise. Let me just be frank. I don't give a fuck about the Rams. So let's, <laughs> let, no one does. And frankly, no one does from the look uh, so far. I got a question about Purdy, a follow up yeah. question about Purdy. Yeah. Is he the best quarterback from the 2022 draft? Obviously, the last quarterback taken. Was he the best? I mean, I'm trying to think who else was it? It was Pickett, right? And, um, let me go through. I'll tell you right yeah. now. Yeah, who do you from got? From the beginning. Who? Hold on. Pickett. Pickett was one. Pickett was one. Desmond Ritter was two. He's better than Ritter. He's better than Pickett. Malik, He's better than Ritter. Malik Willis is three. Way better than Malik. Matt Corral is four. Way better than him. Bailey Zappi's five. Better than him. Sam Howell's six. That's one that Sam Howell's real. I don't know if you watch any how, how much you've watched of Sam. Sam Howell is thick and strong, and he's, he's small as well. But he's he's real. He, he's an athlete, and he can he's run. Undefeated. He can, he's undefeated. He's got a good arm. Career. He's not bad. Yeah. He's not bad. But he's I think he's like better. Purdy. I think Purdy's better than him. And they're similar though, in terms of, it, just in terms of uh, skill set. Purdy's on a better team. Howell has a stronger arm. Purdy's probably. I haven't, we haven't seen that much of either one of them. Howell's it would be interesting. How's, well, how's yeah. fast? How, I've seen Howell have a hundred yard day um, on the ground. I mean, there's a reason that Howell was drafted ahead of Purdy, right? Like in terms of like, if you just watched him in college and looked at their physical makeup, I could yeah, see how Howell would get picked. And ahead he of throws him. a good ball and he's fast and you know uh, led a prolific offense at North Carolina. But I yeah. still think Purdy's a little bit more refined as a passer. Howell's yeah. more of a one speed, throw it hard, throw everything hard. Yeah, you're right. He's a little bit like Baker Mayfield. Yeah. That's a good call. He's yeah. short like yeah. that, but he's got he's got With kind of a howitzer. Yeah, he kind of does. I mean, wasn't there a time I th- I think when he was maybe a sophomore or something that people were looking at him as maybe being a top pick in the draft, and then it all fell apart for him at uh, North yeah. Carolina. But you know, Carolina always underachieves. Carolina always underachieves, and he shared some time. I think. I mean, he just it just didn't come together. Had some injuries, but you know, maybe he's in a good spot right now. I mean, he, he, he's the I mean, unquestioned starter. That Ron Rivera could have gone in other directions. He didn't. He's similar to Purdy in the sense that he was a three-year starter, not a four-year starter, but a three-year starter at a mid-tier school. So, right. you know, he had, he had adversity. And now he's on a team that's trying to be like the 49ers. Washington has Rand Carthon as their GM who was with the Niners, and he's trying to build that kind of a physical team. And they're trying to not spend on the quarterback just like the Niners. It's the same idea. It's interesting. Yeah. Those two so are the ones. So there's Those Sam. Ha- so there's the only other guy you didn't name was Skylar Thompson, who's Skyler not bad Thompson. either. But but yeah, it's a Purdy uh, Howell debate. I mean, some people would say Kenny Pickett, but uh, I don't, I'm not not as big a Kenny And I think Pickett. what we're learning is there's no reason to take a quarterback in round one if he's not like a no doubt about it first round pick when you could get guys like Sam Howell and Brock Purdy on day three. You know, uh, experienced quarterbacks from mid-tier schools who have a little bit of athleticism, you can find guys like that. You put a good team around them and pay them nothing, they could have success. Doesn't mean it'll be your, they'll be your franchise quarterback, but they could be a high-level quarterback for you for three, four years. I think that's changing how teams look. Like, wh- Why take well, Kenny Pickett in round one? That's a terrible decision. I mean, let's go back to this last year, right? Okay, so Bryce Young went number one, and you had C.J. Stroud sure. going number two, and you had Anthony sure. Richardson, who looked good this weekend at times. Yeah. He went number four. Will Levis went in round two. 
Okay, so those mm-hmm. are the first two rounds. But rounds three through seven, these are the quarterbacks. And and there's some there's some interesting names here. Hendon Hooker, who's in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Jake Hayner, who's Julie Hayner's kid, who's in New Orleans. Uh, Stetson Bennett, you know, he's a backup type guy. But how about Aiden O'Connell? I think Aiden O'Connell's Aiden O'Connell. pretty good. Clayton he, four? Uh, he got picked in the fourth round. Clayton Toon yeah. went in the fifth round. I think Clayton Toon's pretty good. I think you, I DTR. think people will see that. DTR, DTR. went in the fourth yeah. round of the Browns. Yeah. Um, Sean Clifford and eh. Jaron Hall and eh. Tanner McKee is not bad with yeah. Philly. He's not playing right Absolutely. now, but he's not bad. Max Duggan's Absolutely. not bad. So, yeah. I mean, it just, it, I, I would, you know, the Walsh used to say that you should take a quarterback in every draft. And you yeah. know what? That might not be the, the worst. Niners should have uh, taken one this year. Niners should have taken one this year. They could have taken Aiden O'Connell. They could have taken DTR. I mean, I know they like Sam Darnold, but come on. They could have done it again and had it like the next Brock Purdy in waiting. They, they have the blueprint. They created the blueprint, and Washington's following it. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see less teams reach. There's no reason to reach for quarterbacks anymore. It feels like college is producing guys who are extremely experienced. Stop there's, reaching for guys who have upsides. Yeah, there's, there's, 70, there's 70 or 80 guys who have been drafted quarterback-wise in the first round this century, and like six or five or six have won the Super Bowl. It's a right. low percentage play. If you draft a first round quarterback, um, for whatever reason, maybe teams aren't looking at the right things. You know, maybe a guy like Purdy will change the change the look. Not that they'll be looking for short quarterbacks or quarterbacks cheap who quarterbacks. have who have you know cheap average arm strength. But like you might be looking for guys. You might like Aiden O'Connell. Maybe should have gone higher than the fourth round, and DTR. Maybe should have gone higher than a pick number 140, you know, because these guys played in college and had success in college. So well, you're they seeing get the Niners devalued. have success. They're having sustained success and teams are trying to be like the 49ers. If they win the Super Bowl, more teams will try to be like the 49ers. And a big part of their blueprint that other teams haven't replicated or committed to is the cheap quarterback. Like this is the cheapest quarterback you could possibly have. And he's also really good. But the team is just so, so good, and he couldn't be this good without him making nothing. Like, if he had a first-round contract, they couldn't do this. So other teams are going to try to do this with an, uh, eventually, I would think. I mean, I bet the Steelers regret drafting Kenny Pickett already. He's already getting too much money. They could yeah. have had Sam Howell in round five. And it's not like we've never seen this happen before. Tom Brady was a six-round pick. Joe Montana was a third-round pick. Russell mm-hmm. Wilson was a third-round pick. They're the exceptions, not the rule. But you know what? It just seems like um, the whole discussion on quarterbacks, it's all about arm strength and upside and potential. And yet, uh, what about the guy who's just ball comes out on time and he processes well and he's marginal size and marginal arm strength, but he can, you know, lead a team up and down the field. If you are an organization that has a track record of developing quarterbacks, by all means, like Green Bay, they do a great job. They've done it over and over and over again. By all means, stick to your process. But know who you are. Like the 49ers, don't try to be that. You're not that guy. You're not that team. You're not that guy. You're not that organization. These are the kind of quarterbacks you work with. Guys who are very experienced coming into the league. That's the right guy for you. Brock Purdy. Perfect for you. And I think for a lot of teams, because I don't really think there are that many teams or coaches who actually develop quarterbacks in the NFL. It's not really a developmental league. It's hard to do. Rules prevent it. Oh, I mean, there is no minors. There's no minors. If there was a minor league, then you could take all the Trey Lances of the world with with traits and just say, you know what? We're going to three years from now, this guy's coming Mm -hmm. out of our minor league system and he's going to be something. But because you don't have a minor league system, it's like, okay. Well, we could put him on the practice squad, but other teams can poach him. So yeah. you can't do that. Okay, well, we could sit him on the bench, but then we're going 52-man roster while everybody else is going with 53. I don't know. you know. So it's like they, they don't have a spot. I mean, the, the NFL badly needs some kind of a developmental league um, if they're going to go with young quarterbacks. Or if they're not going to have a developmental league, then they probably should stop drafting guys based on traits and start drafting them based on production. The one team, I will move on in a second, but the one team that's had success drafting a quarterback with upside traits and developing him is Green Bay, unless I'm missing someone. And what they do is they sit the guy for uh, three years. 
Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Jordan Love sat for three years. I think if you're going to do that, you have to be really, really patient. But the whole idea is if you want to build a team around a cheap quarterback, you don't have three, you don't, you don't want to waste three years of his rookie contract. You want him on the field. So that a lot of teams aren't going to even want to try to do that. And this is all like the Brock Purdy, you know, theory. If the Niners win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, the quarterback market could just crater. And I wouldn't be against it. I feel like these guys are getting paid way too much money anyway. It's a whole team. Well, and then, and then, you know, how many teams in the NFL who don't have a franchise quarterback still went through the entire draft and didn't draft a quarterback? Lots of them. There's all kinds of teams out so there stupid. that really don't have their guy or their guys just okay. And they still didn't go for any of these late round guys. So, I mean, it just, it is, it is amazing too. I mean, I, th- I really thought on draft day in 2021 that that draft, all those quarterbacks were going to be good. Thought Trey was going to be good. Thought Fields right. was going to be pretty good. Thought Mac Jones. Thought that Zach Wilson. Now here we are, a couple short years later. Fields looks bad. Lance is a third stringer. Zach Wilson looks bad. Davis Mills looks bad. Mac Jones looks spotty. And the only guy who looks good out of the group is Trevor. Yeah, who was a three-year starter. And I think in retrospect, that was the COVID year. And so a lot, all of these quarterbacks were lacking experience. And you're like, oh, well, it's not their fault. There was COVID. True. But we see now experience is really, 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 really important. And if you're going to get it in the NFL, like Justin Fields has 27 starts under his belt. It's not getting better for him. Oh, Zach you see the interception he threw on his own goal line? Yeah. Like you need the, ex- you really do need the experience before you get in the league. Unless... I mean, even Jordan Love started multiple years in college. Like, I, I think Mac Jones had like 800 throws. No, he had less than 500 throws, something like that. Zach Wilson had 800. Trey Lance had 300. Uh, Justin Fields had th- 800. Like, these guys, were none of them were, were ready. None of them really were ready to come in the league. Blame COVID or not, but that was, in retrospect, that was a uh, not a good year for the, for the quarterback. It makes me wonder, too, when I look around the league and I see all these young play callers, how many guys are really quarterback developers? They want developed guys. Nobody wants to sit there and be like home grin with Steve Young or, you know, these guys who want to, you know, go through your mechanics. They want you to be ready to roll right now. You'll, you're, and if you get a year, that's great. If nobody, you're not this idea of two, three, you know, like Rogers had four years. That's just like, that's never going to happen, especially in a round. We one talk guy. about it. We talk. I think I've talked about it before, like before, during the draft. To me, I think 900 throws is an interesting number for quarterbacks coming out of school. It's hard to find a lot of successful NFL quarterbacks who didn't throw at least 900 passes in college. And junior college counts. I think that the guys we're naming, Sam Howell, Brock Purdy, are guys who threw like Jordan Love. The guys threw 11, 12, 1,300 passes in college. I wouldn't bet on a guy with 600 throws on his resume. You don't know that guy. He hasn't proven himself. Right. He doesn't or have even, enough experience. To me, I you got to you got to take everybody who's a one year guy, and you got to put them in a different category. Mitchell Trubisky had a great singular year Zach at North Wilson. Carolina. Zach Wilson had a great singular yeah. year. Um, yeah. You know, you, 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 these guys that have a Trey real Lance. short resume. It's Trey like, Lance. you know what? Yeah, Trey Lance had a had an amazing statistical one season at the FCS yeah. level. It's like you yeah. got to see why, because, you know, maybe they Jennifer got with Fields. a great coordinator. Maybe they got into a nice little rhythm with a receiver. I mean, that can be enough for for one year. But, but Joe Burrow receiver graduate everyone. He had one great year, uh, essentially. And then Who's everyone's like, OK, well, then. Well, then if Joe Burrow can have one great year oh, yeah. to translate, then everyone else is. And Josh Allen, too. Josh Allen went from being inaccurate to somewhat accurate, and everyone f- felt they could develop the next Josh Allen. Like, no, he's one of one. Joe Burrow's one of one. Anyway. And Josh Allen has kind of shown regression, hasn't he? I mean, he, he well, was, you're right. He was 56% at Wyoming. And then at times, Josh Allen looks really, really bad. And if you saw yeah. him at Wyoming, sometimes he looked really, really bad. Other times, it's like, wow, man, look at this guy. He's 6'6". Six, six, he's got a gun. He's. And I love Josh Allen, and I'd live with his bumps in the road, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a straight shot to the top. I mean, he's had some bad games. Absolutely. Let's take a moment to acknowledge my sponsor, BetUS. If you want to bet on the Niners' upcoming game against the Giants or really any football game or really anything, go to BetUS. Use the link in the description. 
and they will match your first wager 125%. So let's take a look at what you could be betting on with the Niners this week. They're playing the Giants Thursday night. They're 10 and a half point favorites, Larry. Oh, 10 and a half. That sounds Is like a teaser to enough? me. I may have to tease Expl- that down. Explain, explain what teasers are to people who, who don't understand. Oh, well, it just means like you can, there's six and a half point teasers and seven and a half point teasers. So like if you have seven and a half, you could take the Niners minus three, or you could take mm-hmm. the Giants plus 18. If Got they're it. favored by Got 10 it. and a half. Got it. Well, Niners minus 10 and a half. I'm going to say, I'm going to take the Niners to, to actually cover that. What do you, what do you think? There's I'm from what I'm reading. There's no Saquon Barkley. Yeah. No Saquon yeah. Barkley. The Thursday night games historically have favored the home team in dramatic fashion. Then you mix I in the fact believe that this, this team has to come opener. across the country on a Thursday. Sorry. No, I, no, I, 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 you know, there are, that's the other thing I would say is always when you're wagering on games, always take a look at the rest situation. Yeah. Cause like when the Niners play the Bengals later this year, the Niners, I think the week before play on a short week and have to travel home to face Cincinnati, Cincinnati will have had like 13 days of rest before that game. So that, and, and believe me, one advantage day of rest makes a difference in game prep when you have a whole week or, you know, that's a major, major advantage. So that one will be a game where, Hey, you might want to stay away from the Niners against the Bengals in this situation. I think the, the rest situation favors the Niners. Um, and I would probably take the Niners and give the points. I, I would tease it down to, you know, 49ers minus three and then parlay it with the over or the under, uh, but uh, but I, if I had to one way or another, the only way I would wager on that spread is taking the Niners. I wouldn't take the Giants in that number. I mean, 10 and a half, I, I feel good about it because I feel like the Giants aren't going to be able to stop the Niners' offense. Um, what makes me a little nervous about it is Niners did just give up 17 points in one half to a team that had Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell. I mean, not exactly the most talented team. And now you get a quarterback who can get outside the pocket a little bit and Jalen Hyatt, who looks like the real deal. Uh, plus Darren Waller and Darius Slayton. So I don't know. I feel like this team has a little bit more going for it in terms of just firepower than the Rams. Although I'm not sure the giants would beat the Rams. I'm not sure the giants are good at all. They've been getting smacked. They came all the way. They were down 20 to nothing in this game uh, on Sunday and came back to win 31, 28. So I don't know what to think of the giants right now. Maybe they just started slow, but I think well, the Niners I mean, should be able to cover this. On paper, Grant, they should have a really, really good pass rush. On one hand, you got on one end, you got Kayvon Thibodeau. On the other end, you got Akeem Ojolari. They had zero sacks in this game against uh, against Joshua Dobbs, who threw thirty one times. So wow. you know, maybe they made Josh Dobbs look good. So that should be yeah, a good they made game Josh for, Dobbs uh, look good. Yeah, that's all you need to know. All right, if you want to wager on that game or or any game or anything in particular. Click the link in the description and uh, use my promo code. Thank you very much. Mark, uh, Joey Mellon says, Horn Barbecue is better than Pig in a Pickle, Larry. Hit it up. <laughs> Horn Barbecue is unreal. Their brisket is way too good. I think the guy's from Fresno, too. He's not even from the South. He just knows how to do it. You know who cool. used to be my favorite barbecue place? You probably remember You remember the great Nate Thurmond, who was, uh, mm-hmm. who was played for the Warriors forever on Folsom. It was like 13th and Folsom back in the day. He used to have his own Big Nate's barbecue. Oh, my God. It was amazing. It was amazing. Mm. No longer there. Mark, member for 10 months. No lie. Uh, only 106 Rams fans at SoFi. Am I right? Looks like know. a sea of red, they man. I don't care. Game time says was a Trey guy, but if Brock hits those deep guys, he's the guy. Yeah, if he hits those, he's the guy, and you don't have to hit all of them. I mean, I think on on throws more than twenty yards down the field, you, they want you to have like a forty four percent completion, like four out of nine is good. On it's it's like three point shots. The big the big one on on these is also how he missed them. If he missed them and they hung in the air and they were didn't get there. I think we would all be sitting there going, you know what? His deep ball hangs. The fact of the matter is he led his guys too far. Um, all of them were overthrown. So it's it wasn't like, ah, man, he didn't have the arm to get it there. It was like, hey, he just overthrew his guy. I'd rather a guy miss a deep ball short than long because 
if it's a little short, the wide receiver can make an adjustment, stop, come back, jump up. But if it's if it's long, there's nothing you can do unless you can dive for five yards. It depends. If there's if there's an if there's a safety deep facing you, then the the deep ball turns into an easy interception. If sure. it, if if there if the safety's in the trail position, then the deep ball's safer. Yeah, I'm just talking if it's one on one like it was in this game. Yeah. Uh, Talking Head says this is being overly complicated. It was a bad game for Brock Purdy. It was. Those are lost TDs, and that's okay. 30K mostly from CNC and Debo. BP left 21 on the board. Okay. It's really interesting how BP can have, Brock Purdy can have a bad game, lose, leave all these points on the board. Uh, Nick Bosa can get essentially shut out, and the Niners still win. Probably a good thing because we've seen a lot better from Brock Purdy. Jay Garza says, did you see McKivis get beat quickly and easily, even with a chip from 15? We should all be scared for Brock Purdy. I've watched some McKivitz uh, with the coach. Shout out to the coach. He just doesn't seem, he seems slow. He seems slow in pretty much a little, everything he does. Burford seems really athletic and fast, but he just doesn't seem to be moving people. Um, so those guys are a little concerning. McKivitz lacks that, that, that huge uh, size and crazy arm length, and he's not a blue chipper. He's more of a, I don't know that he's a true right tackle. I think what he is, is the, he is your, in a, on a championship caliber team, He's the offensive lineman that's first off the bench that can play any spot. He can play left mm -hmm. left guard, right tackle, right. center, any spot. Right. Uh, but they they should have not taken Cam Latou, and they should have taken gigantic Daywan Jones out of Ohio State, and then they wouldn't have this problem. They'd have Daywan Jones probably starting at right tackle. Yeah. Matt says, got here late. We lost Q. Are you kidding me? That's a tough one. I can't I believe that happened. And they're, and they're looking Bummer, at Bradley man. Roby like, I'd rather just have Quantrez Knight. Ezio Sanchez says over under 20 Fernandos this season. I say under. Why do you guys? <laughs> Let it go. Geo <laughs> Deuce says, just want to shout out Purdy for that two-minute drill throw to Jennings before he came out of his break right over the middle. Purdy's an ace when he's in, in his green zone. Yeah, when he's throwing those inter, uh, intermediate passes, so far, there's he's as good as anyone. So far, from what we've seen. It's really those with a ton of anticipation and accuracy. I very impressed. I was watching tape with the coach a few days ago, and we were just yeah. watching offensive line. But there were some throws. Pretty was like, man, couldn't have been placed any better. So he's a lot of fun to watch. His accuracy is what separates him on the short and over the middle for sure. Yeah, Mayhew, a GM for Commanders, uh, ran Titans with the Niners. Brother Bob Iglet, what do you use for post game hangovers? Um, I'm good today. Honestly, I'd say three a a glass of water. Okay, that works. Um, Jay Garza's, I usually maybe a burrito, super wet burrito <laughs> with a little ranchero uh, sauce on. That'll do it. Jay Garza's, maybe, says, maybe just Bronny. rice, no beans. Maybe just rice, no beans. Uh, uh, that would be the route I would go. Okay, Niners wrongly kept nine line and lost two CBs. Shake my head. Those CBs are nice. I don't know why the Niners just let them go. Brother Bob, Kevin's dad, what do you use to quell your Brock Purdy obsession? Full showers. <laughs> yeah. Wolf Life Wild says, thanks. You took the words right out of my mouth with our D not pressing and Nakua's greatness. I think Brock is feeling ghost pressure like Jimmy Garoppolo post-injury. Nakua, Nakua by job. the way, was freaking amazing. And that that guy is just... There were people in the draft process that were were talking about him. And every time I watched him, I just was like, not that impressed. He just didn't look that good to me. He looked kind of stiff. He didn't run that fast. I'm like, yeah, he looks a little top heavy. looks a little stiff. Doesn't run that fast. So much, so much for that. The guy looks like he's going to be the, he's, a, he's like the next Cooper cup for them. They're going to use him exactly how they use Cooper cup. And that's the thing. People Cooper cup had a great year, but like he basically catches eight yard passes. That's essentially what he does. He runs I mean, that little curl route against zone. Good luck defending that for team like, when they get Cooper back. Yeah, it's true. It's going to be because they do have really the deep line. They've got two two Atwell, so he can run off the defense, and then you've got these guys underneath. Um, I asked Wilkes about it last week, and he's like, "Yeah, we like to focus on Stafford because I'm like, you got to defend these guys totally different. Atwell, you got to give him room uh, because otherwise he may burn you for six. And I go, the other guy, you just got to hug up on him because he's just going to run all these short routes. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, we're we're worried more about Stafford." Well. And, and then Nakua was like every possible short route, shallow cross, little hitch. Um, I mean, they got him the ball every way imaginable within five yards of the line of scrimmage. 
so are the Rams a good team? Cooper Cup's coming back. Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, looking like a good offensive line. Improved O line. Matthew Stafford looking like the guy he was two years ago. What do you think? Well, I, their their defense is you know it doesn't it doesn't have any teeth. Wait, name anymore. four players on the defense. Go. Yeah, Aaron Donald. I mean, uh, Aaron Donald Kobe. on your on the defensive front, Kobe Turner on the nose guard, um, the guy the rookie Someone from Tennessee, uh, Byron, Byron Jones, Young. Byron Jones, Jones. Darion Kendrick Young. is a corner from Georgia. But I mean, they don't have a single player in their secondary that you go, oh yeah, yeah, that guy. No, Kella Witherspoon. <laughs> yeah, Kella Witherspoon, who so, I loved uh, McCaffrey. What'd you say to Kella Witherspoon? Oh, I just said hey, hi. Good to see you. Hi, what's up? Hey, what's that was up? Really cool. Christian McCaffrey's pretty cool. The only thing that's not cool about Christian are his little boots that he wears after the game. I'm sorry, Christian. I like Christian, but what are those boots? What are those with the little like? They have little heels on them too. That I, I don't know. They're probably very fashionable. I bet they cost thousands of dollars, but I think they're kind of silly. What a pickup, though, huh? I mean, you know, he he's ever since they got him. That's a more important point. That's probably a more cogent point. Not <laughs> ever since they got him, game press conferences. He's amazing. I mean, he's he's just he made Jimmy better. He makes Purdy better. He makes, you know, he's a he's he's really solid. There may be overusing him, but he's really solid. I want to ask you: Are the Rams a good team? I mean, are they the second best team in the NFC West? Is this a team that's going to the playoffs? I mean, I, know I think I they are like, the second best team. How good in the are NFC they? West. I think they're yeah. the second best team because McVeigh is a terrific coach who's still in his prime, and Stafford is borderline hall of fame quarterback. I don't know if he's hall of fame, but he's borderline hall of fame. Um, but he's still really good. I mean, really good. And those weapons that he has, the one thing I got out of this game is, you know, Stafford's still legit. McVay's still engaged. McVay's a great coach because he's now shaping his game plans to his talent that he has right now, which is different than his super bowl years. And, um, and those weapons are real. Tutu Atwell's real. Nakua's real. Kyron Williams is real. Higby's real. So, I mean, they've got, and, and that Steve Avila, the left guard from TCU, he's a blue chipper, going to play 10 years in the NFL. So they've improved their O-line. They got a great quarterback. I think they've got a great head coach, and they've got legitimate offensive weapons, and they're going to get Cooper Cup back. On defense, though, no. Uh, Aaron Donald is, is, um, old. He doesn't have enough help. You can slide the entire line to him and the secondary is just a bunch of guys. Wolf life wild says the last field goal was F just trying to ruin everyone's point spread. I was in a pick em league and I, I had picked the Niners to cover that. I realized why did they do that? That wasn't cool. Well, I mean, you also got to sit there and wonder, I mean, why did they do that? Did they, is there, I was going to ask you, maybe you know the answer to this. Is there a uh, tiebreaker that involves total points scored? I don't know. Otherwise, if I'm, if I'm uh, Roger Goodell, I'm putting in a nice little phone call to, to uh, yeah. the Rams and saying, excuse me, can I talk to Sean McVay? Sean, what, yeah. what's going on here? Why, why yeah. the rush to kick a field goal at the end? Uh, if unless points, Total points Strange. are part of the tiebreaker. Then he's got a Wolf Life Wild again says, no, Larry. Nakua was okay. Soft coverage. My grandma could catch it. I mean, he was really good at what they asked him to do. I just felt like if you're going to play super soft zone coverage, like he's going to eat you alive. If you cover a man-to-man, he might not. And I don't know what you're afraid of. Like, he's not going to run by any of your corners. Right. Like, man up. And it wasn't like, hey, man, we didn't have any indication that this he was this kind of player. This is what the film showed if you watch the Seattle game, and I know the Niners did. So you watch the Seattle game. They played pitch and catch underneath all day to this guy. You had to play, get right up on the line of scrimmage and take him away immediately. And if this were the Super Absolutely. Bowl, you would have done it. But Not because true. it was just regular season week two, they're like, eh, we'll just kind of, eh, we'll take, we'll see how the game do. goes. We'll see how exactly. it goes. And fortunately for the 49ers, that running back tipped that pass to Isaiah Oliver, and that really ended the game. But until then, it was anyone's game. And something, you know, funny things happened. Fortunately for the Niners, it happened in their favor. Nee says Stafford showed how much of an equalizer a great elite quarterback can be despite talent discrepancy across the teams. Yeah, and then he threw two picks. First one wasn't his fault, though. 
But Stafford no. is really good, and then he does that. I'm like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I He's don't know. Hall of Famer. He's a gunslinger, he man. He takes, you know, he takes shots, he takes shots that he doesn't even need to take sometimes. Who was the 49ers' number one offensive weapon? Well, I mean, I know people would say it's McCaffrey, but I I think it's Ayuk, and uh, that was the other thing. The Niners found a way to score 30 in this game with their number one weapon. Clearly, I don't know what what's the is it is it neck is it shoulder what what's Ayuk's injury? They say shoulder, so we'll see. Yeah, he seemed like he was in a lot of pain. So um, to me, that's another amazing thing if you really think about it. How many how many teams could you take away their number one guy and they could still put up 30? Um, that's what happened in this game. Number one guy. I don't think he's their number one guy. Who do you I think, think is? He, I think. It's McCaffrey because we just saw Ayuk essentially was limited for this game. They scored 30. They Debo missed a few weeks last year. They scored 30 routinely with Brock Purdy and McCaffrey. Ever since McCaffrey's been here and Brock Purdy was the quarterback, they they score 30 points a game. So I think if you took McCaffrey off, that would be the real test. If McCaffrey had to miss a game or a month, could they still keep up the points? I don't know if they could. Maybe if they do, then you're looking at Maybe Brock Purdy's number one offensive weapon on this team. Well, you know, if you just watched the minicamp, you'd say no doubt it was CMC, right? He was the best guy in the minicamp. But in training camp, I thought it was undoubtedly Ayuk. I mean, Ayuk up high, Ayuk down low. You threw it behind him, he dove for it behind. I mean, the guy acted he like... He kind of paced himself in training camp. He wasn't out there every day. Yeah, that, he was taking it a little bit easier. But Ayuk was like a man on a mission in camp. He was. And it's just there's something about a guy who's got such a ridiculous catch radius. I mean, the guy can really get up yeah. and will, and then he'll really go low and has. So, I don't know. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and there's a great argument to be made for CMC. Um, heck the way Debo comes out against the Rams in yeah. a way Debo wow. is kind of their lead, one of their leaders out of the tunnel. It feels like in a lot of ways, Debo is kind of a tone setter. Um, you could, I, I'll say this Debo, yeah. CMC and Ayuk. The one thing that makes the, not me feel like the Niners can win the Super Bowl is those three guys all appear yep. to be headed on a career year trajectory. Yep. Yeah, not sure about where George Kittle factors in, but if Kittle's your fourth option on offense, and frankly, he's yes. kind of the fifth option after Jawan Jennings right now. And if he's your fifth option, okay, you might just yeah. win the Super Bowl. You might just win the Super Bowl. We'll see. Jennings is but super underrated. Super underrated. I've never seen him wide get paid. I'll say this too. I've never. I've, I mean, think about this. Cooper Cup's the best receiver in the game. He runs four six. Um. You know, Juwan Jennings is a major, major force for the Niners. He ran like four, seven, eight or something like that. DeAndre Hopkins was always slow. It's amazing how um, and this Puka Nakua is not fast. I mean, we're talking about four, five, five, something like that. Mediocre. Um, It's amazing when you think about what, you know, and and Lynch, I guess, told Peter King and uh, said that, you know, that when they first started, that they wanted separators and guys who were super fast, and now they they want more physical guys with ball skills. And you can see why, because it's like uh, the guys who are physical with the ball skills make all the plays. Yep, uh, absolutely. Is Nick Bosa in football shape, Larry? What is the no. deal here? No, he's not. He, he to me, he he and and to me, um, I mean, I I thought he just went a whole lot harder at the end of the game that I saw him go in the meat of the game. So that's weird too. It's like, you know, it's almost like he's like sells out for sacks at this point. Like he's going at the, at the end of the game when the, when they're, you know, that's when these D linemen are like, man, there's blood in the water. There's money on the table. Gotta make my money. Gotta make my, gotta money. Make my yeah, money. I'm exactly. going to get a sack here in the final play. And it will, you know, it's like, I, sometimes I wonder, it's like, he looks a little, I mean, he's bulky and he's in great shape, but he looks a little tightly wound. He looks a little tightly muscled. I think it's going to take him two, three, four games to kind of loosen up a little bit and start to play with a little bit more fluidity. I mean, he even admitted it after the game. He's like, hey, man, take me a couple games. So that, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Because he, he, he looks like a guy who spent a lot of time in the weight room, right. but 
um, you know, he definitely, he definitely looks like he's not quite in peak form. He looks like more of a bodybuilder than a football player right now. He's pretty yoked up. He's pretty yoked up. Seems a little bit stiffer than usual. He should be okay. I guess we're seeing why John Lynch said it takes three weeks to get into football shape. And again, I mean, he had five pressures in this game. He did make an impact. The ball was coming out quickly. Uh, he forced that a lot of in a lot of ways. So he's still better than most of the players on the team. But he's not what they signed. He's not what they what he was, and he's not what they expect. So it should be coming. He drew a holding penalty, so he's he good for at least one. He's good for at least one penalty against him or against the the guy blocking him. He did. The Niners only had six quarterback hits on the day. He had three of them. So it's not like he did nothing out there. It's just right. that, um, you know, our the expectation is that this guy's going to, you know, he's making, you know, he's making buco bucks. He had 18 and a half sacks last year. You're thinking he's going to get, you know, two a game. Um, and, but I mean, here, here's the other thing, Grant. It's like, this is kind of a, a bigger question, but is it really wise to throw the kind of money that the Niners have thrown all in the D line when you go up against a team like Stafford and he can just go up, ah, we're getting the ball out three-step drop, Puka Nakua all day, pitch and catch. Right. And it just right. totally and utterly negates your rush. It's a good question because if you put all your money in your D line and you kind of go cheap in the back end and all of a sudden you don't feel comfortable in your cornerback's ability to play man-to-man -man coverage. And so now you're playing soft zone coverage, giving all these wide receivers free releases, conceding quick passes. Well, then you just negated your $100 million D-line yourself through your coverages. So, why? I mean, it seems like you need to be a little bit more balanced on your defense and your team. And also don't forget, like, when you do go up in a league, and when you're in a league where the quarterbacks have mobility, like a Russell Wilson or Kyler or whatever, both those guys were in the division not that long ago. We started to see what happens in that in that situation. You get small, fast quarterbacks who are getting the ball out quick. Suddenly, everything's kind of a mush rush, which is like you get out of your stance, you take a couple mm -hmm. take a couple steps. There's no chance in hell you're going to sack Kyler. So then you just put your hands up. So it's like you come out of your stance and you put your hands up. It's like are you really going to pay these guys the kind of money you're paying them to mush rush half the game against quarterbacks they don't have a prayer to sack? I mean, that, that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, I mean, it's, it's a tough one because like, well, what's the alternative not have pass rushers. You need to have pass rushers, but now with all these mobile quarterbacks, you get the ball out fast and with quick releases, they can negate the great pass rushers. Well, I used to talk about this with Sala with, of of with pocket quarterbacks, you want to rush four and play coverage. If you can get pressure with four against a pocket quarterback, that's checkmate. But rushing four always leaves a big scramble lane. There's, there, you got, you know, uh, five offensive linemen against four. There's one gap there. The quarterback can always leave. If you, if you have a really mobile quarterback and you're concerned about keeping him in the pocket, you, better off ru rushing five. And if you do rush five to eliminate that one gap, probably need to play man-to-man -man coverage behind it. And then you need Jason Verrett in his prime which Robert Sala had for one year. And that year he had great blitzes and he got hired as a head coach. So you have Traverius Ward. You're spending a lot of money on him. Trust him. Put him man to man on the, on the number one receiver on the other team and call some pressures. I think they did that a little bit more in the second half, but that's what you're set up to do. And you can do it against Daniel Jones this week or Josh Dobbs the week after. Please don't just let him out of the pocket. You know, it was interesting watching the Rams defend Purdy. They didn't defend Purdy at all the same way that they defended Geno. Against Geno the week before, when I watched that film, it was like in many third downs, they were rushing three and dropping eight and making Geno be accurate. And he couldn't do it. And he looked kind of flummoxed by the whole thing. He was, he was like bothered by that extra defender in coverage. Uh, against Purdy, they, I don't think they rushed three all the game. I think it was mostly four and occasionally five. Yeah. Um, Matt, agree with Grant about CMC, but they seemed slowed when BA got hurt. Yeah, it did seem to affect, it did seem to impact Purdy. It was his first game, a uh, regular season game, without throwing two touchdown passes. Kyle admits they are overusing McCaffrey, says Jesus Banda. Why? He did did he say, say why they're overusing him? Because yeah, they do what have. He said was, yeah, what do they say? He, he, he says it's the, this playing time is the position coach's call. So he essentially said, 
that's on Bobby Turner. And what I want to know is, is it Bobby Turner's call or is it essentially Christian McCaffrey saying, I'm not coming off the field? Because let's say Christian McCaffrey turned to the sideline and said, no, I'm not coming off. Would they do anything about it? I don't know that they would. Well, maybe I mean, it's, maybe it's Christian's call. It better not be Christian's call. I mean, he is a player. He is not a coach. And when the I've game's seen him a couple of times be like, no, Elijah, go back on the I'm staying out when they've tried. Yeah. I've seen him basically say, you're not subbing me out. I mean, that's fine in the meat of the game. But if it's a fourth quarter and you're up multiple scores and that guy get gets out. hurt and Shanahan's yeah. going to have to answer for that. So, I mean, maybe J.P. Mason putting it on the carpet in camp because he did it a bunch. I don't know how many times, four or five times. Maybe uh, maybe that's turned them off to him. Uh, Ty Davis Price, he's obviously down the depth chart. I thought Elijah Mitchell was going to get more run, but it seems like it's all CMC. And on uh, Thursday, it's going to be interesting because, that, I mean, literally, I mean, you played last night. So you got today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and then it's game day again. So, I mean, unless, unless uh, CMC is just a freaking absolute, you know, workhorse of the highest order. I mean, I think they may want to mix in some Elijah in this next game. I think they absolutely need to. When the trade deadline comes up in a couple months, where will the Niners need help the most, in your opinion? I think the defensive backfield. I, I think they're, I think that's, yeah. you know, the, the, there's old, the old saying is the secret to pass coverage is pass coverage. In other words, there is no secret to pass coverage. You have to have players. And um, they're a little thin there. And, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not even sure about the guys they got, to be honest. I mean, um, I like Lenore. Mooney Ward is almost guaranteed to have some kind of groin issue at some point. So I don't, you know, it's right now he's healthy. But, you know, so that's probably coming. Lenore is, is um, tremendous improvement, but he also is hitting really hard this year. So there's always injury potential there. Um, Oliver is, is, you know, had his best game by far. I mean, Oliver in the second half of this game was one of the main reasons they won the game. He had three big plays in the second half that were huge. So we see, if we see that going forward, then maybe they're a little bit more solidified, but Ambry Thomas question mark, um, you know, and, and now you're, you're, you're bringing in Bradley Roby and guys off the you know, street free agents. And you got Terrell Luter, who, as you mentioned before, even if he comes off the pup list, um, he's a rookie. So, you know, you cut Jameson. I, I just think, I think core, I mean, it might be D line, you know, to me, it's defensive end or corner. It's probably one of those two positions. I know most people would say, Oh, it's offensive tackle, but I just don't, you know, offensive tackle is so rare. I don't know that you're going to find anybody to be honest. I mean, no good offensive tackle is probably going to get traded. No, I don't think so. Corner. Maybe. I would think a nickel would be nice. You know who they should trade for? I got a name you got for it. you. He would be perfect for the 49ers. Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward, DJ Reed. Jimmy those Ward. would be the two guys Jimmy. I would be targeting. Yeah. Jimmy they Ward. Why not? Those, because yeah. Jimmy Ward, Jimmy Ward knows your system. He can yeah. play a bunch of different spots. Yeah. He's respected in the room. A lot of times coaches, you know, the one of the reasons you don't see a lot of trades is teams don't want to change the mood in the room. And they know that any one guy can change the mood in the room. So you got to be really careful and handpick whatever additions you make in season. And Jimmy Ward would be perfect because the guys in the room respect the hell out of him. Probably still has a condo out here he can stay in. You know what I'm guy loves to hit. I mean, he and 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 you know, Jimmy Ward's one of those guys. If you lost Fred Warner, you could play him at middle backer. You know, if you if you lost, uh, um, you know, I mean, the guys. He can play corner. He can play boundary. He can play slot. He can play free safety. He can play strong safety. He can play linebacker. I mean, he, you know, he can play pretty much anything. He'd be perfect. Uh, don't know why they let him go. Irfan, it's like know. he's being held hostage by D'Amico. I think he just. Topic I think he had a hard conversation with Kyle, and that all things it turned him off to being here, and yeah. and then he was just like, "I'm leaving," and it yeah. wasn't about the money. It was like, "I'm I think leaving." You're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. Irfan says off topic, but have you seen the way the Colts are developing Richardson? He's playing really well. He also got a concussion, but that's not necessarily their fault. Yeah, they're running him too much. They but they, did you see what happened? They also have Gardner Minshew. And he's, you know, if I, and if I'm yeah, the Jets, the same conundrum. if I'm the Jets, I think I would be calling Indy and just saying, hey, wait a second. You got Gardner Minshew. 
You know, I'll take the Minshew. Gardner Minshew came off the bench and was 19 of 23 in the Colts one on the road. Yeah. I mean, he's better than Zach Wilson for sure. Yeah. Gardner Minshew's also in the Brock Purdy, Sam Howell mold. These young, these, these quarterbacks are taking over the league. They don't I look like Richardson, much, by the way. I love Richardson. Book by, yeah. I love Richardson, man. Have you, I mean, I don't know how much you, I know yeah, he's, he's raw. Great, he's he's really raw, but, um, but they got a good plan for him and he's a really good athlete. Yeah. Joe crazy, Crowell yeah. says CMC wants that thousand thousand season bad. And when was the last time Kyle had the stones to tell one of the click veterans? No, I, I think there's probably something to that. Kyle, don't let CMC push you around because you're, you're really looking out for him and explain that to him. You want what's best for him. Larry, what you got going on the rest of the day? A Mon- little Monday night football doubleheader, and uh, this is kind of a, a kind of a weird week, right? Because we got the, the kind of the the quick turnaround. Um, turnaround. I'm going to be doing a, a live stream tomorrow night. A little my my call in show on Wednesday nights. We'll be doing that on Wednesday night as well. Going into uh, so Kev will join me on Wednesday night, and then somehow, some way, I'll do a post game Thursday late at night from the stadium. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. But yeah, a lot, lot going on. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm done for the day, but I'll be back tomorrow with my dad. We took last week off. We're back. Nice. Cone Zone is back, father and son. Don't miss it. It's probably going to be in the afternoon, though, since, well, I don't know. I'll have to look. Well, I'll talk to my dad. Tell Lowell anyway. I said hi. I've got, a, I've got a bottle of wine for both you guys. as a little thank you. I just got to get it to you. All right. Sounds good. See you tomorrow, see and you I'll tomorrow. see you guys tomorrow as well. Hold on. Brother Bob says, about to be pissed off again about Quantra's night. <laughs> <laughs> seriously go have, a, go have a coconut smile take care all the best <laughs>